Welcome to our 25th episode of Two Tankers and a Cat. We're your host, I'm Charlie. And this is Russell. 25 episodes. I know. That's incredible. Did you really think we would make it to this point? No. No. And, and the how many you know people back us and, and now that we're getting into merchandising, yeah, you know, coming out with yeah. the window stickers and some other stuff. I know. And and people all over the world, you know, even in Germany and Belarus and Spain and New Zealand and Australia. Just so far above my expectations to be honest with you. It's um, incredible. I know we're skipping ahead a little bit, but tell everybody about our podcast uh landmark that we passed. Yeah. Um Actually, with just 24 episodes that we've released so far of our podcast, uh, we now have over 6,000 total downloads um, from our host website, which is the two tankers and cat.podbean.com. So it's incredible. That's just Podbean. That's, that's just not it. YouTube, yeah. Facebook, exactly. uh, Apple. Apple. That's none of the, it doesn't include any of those. It's just from Podbean itself. And it's you, the listeners, and we really appreciate it. One of the things we want to say is give a shout out to poor Tony. Yes. Uh, Tony sent me an e- or us a nice email and, and uh, it, it's another Charlie mistake. Uh, he Tony says, so I gathered my family around to listen to my shout out. It was going to be awesome. My name was going to be on the podcast. Here it comes any moment. And you forgot my name. <laughs> and apparently his wife just thought oh, it was hilarious man. and started laughing. And we're like, oh, Tony, we do apologize. Yes, we and, do. Oh God. It's a Charlie thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've got to get better. And then you had, uh, Sergio. What's Sergio's last name? Yeah. Martins. Uh, he was a listener of our podcast on YouTube and he asked about our podcast introduction music. And it's the first time anybody's ever asked about that. So I thought I'd kind of go into it a little bit. Uh, The name of the song is My Boy Willie. And it's a march of the Royal Tank Regiment out of England. Uh, Shortly after the formation of the first official band in 1922, an old Worcestershire folk tune, My Boy Willie, it was actually adopted as the regimental march. Uh, The reason for the selection was the association of the name with the first tank, Little Willie. I can't believe I, I still have trouble. And, well, I probably still can't say it right. Worcestershire. <laughs> it's just terrible. Don't we have a sauce here in America that's named after that probably? Yeah, yeah we, we do have a sauce. And I, I know our international people are like, what are you talking about? There's a sauce. There's actually a sauce that we use on the uh, food and yeah. it's called Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Oh yeah. man, I can't say it. <laughs> I know we're butchering that. Oh, we're killing it. Oh. You know, if we ever do get over to UK, you know, I know. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll run us out. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they're going to run us out. We've got what that David Advire that lives over there. We got Craig Moore, uh, just a couple of others. And they're going to, yeah, yeah. yeah there you you go. come to Bovington, they're going to beat the oh, crap out of man. us. You know, uh, did I tell you? Uh, this is an announcement too. Uh, I've been getting messages saying, "Hey, you were streaming your uh, World of Tanks, and we were enjoying that." You know, a lot of people liked it, my commentary because I talk about historical tanks. Why I'm getting blown up by artillery, <laughs> and, and everybody laughs. You know, uh, when I get sure, killed. Sure. Um, I used inappropriate language oh. that violated Facebook standards. Oh no. 
So until September 11th. You're in Facebook jail. I'm in Facebook oh, jail. Oh, no. So I, I used the F-bomb. Oh, man. Uh, so the new stream is going to be politically <laughs> correct and no profanity, and we apologize. Oh, shoot. But uh, oh, let's give out our Patreon shout-outs. Yeah, um, we've still got several patrons um, that's supporting us through Patreon. Uh, we've got, at the M1 Abrams level, we've got Ben from Texas, uh, Kevin Chin, Kyler Montgomery, and Mark Drake is still at the M1 Abrams level. Uh, at the M4 Sherman level, we've got Rick Schmidt. And also at the M3 Stewart level, we've got Andy Crow and ODS Thero. Excellent, excellent. Um, I hate to bring this up, but we've got additional costs that now are coming up. YouTube uh, and some other people are saying, hey, if you want to put it on there, you're going to have to pay. So if you've been thinking about supporting us and if we make you laugh, definitely throw us a couple of bucks. We're, yeah. I think yeah. the Stuart level is what, $2? Sure, $2. Yeah, the M3 Stuart level is about $2 a month. The yeah, M4 Sherman level is about five bucks a month, and the other one's what six or eight? Yeah, eight dollars for yeah. the M1 Abrams level. So yeah, any little bit helps out. I mean, we're doing this, and we enjoy doing it, but it does cost a little bit to get this out there to you yep, guys. It sure does. Um, so today's episode <laughs> is the M6A2E1. And people are like, the what? The what? <laughs> uh, it is the M6A2E1. Also, in most video game tankers, call it the Mutant. Basically, you get an M6 American heavy tank and put a T29 heavy tank turret on it and drive it around. It's a Frankenstein oh, tank, man. Wow. But I fell in love with it, and uh, I, I just... I really enjoyed, you know, researching this one. And uh, that brings up the second point. You know, uh, our friends that are in the tank community uh, said, listen, here's a good research thing. And we want to give these people a shout out because we do use their research. And their historical data is dead on. It is, it's incredible what they've got on there. It, it really is. It, if you guys have not been to this site, it's uh, what www.com tanks slash encyclopedia.com yeah tanks dash encyclopedia.com and, and we're gonna put that on our yeah. facebook and i'll be honest with you pretty much from the start i've been using that you know we get our research from you know these guys and we really never really gave them a shout out and we are so grateful to these people and uh, uh, we want you guys to know at Tanks Encyclopedia, we support you, and uh, we will start giving yeah. you shout-outs. Yeah, for 100%. Yeah, we really do appreciate what you guys are doing. Okay, Russ, today we are going to talk about mutants. And I don't mean Marvel <laughs> X-Men or the Avengers or anything like that. Uh, it's, well, the M6A2E1, which is nickname is The Mutant. Uh, I, I actually own the digital version of this tank in World of Tanks. But Russ, tell us about the real M6A2E1. Yeah, following the Allied invasion of Northern Europe in 1944, the U.S. Department of Ordnance, believing that they would encounter heavily fortified areas such as the Siegfried Line further in northwestern Europe, 
decided there would be a need for a limited number of tanks with heavier armor and more powerful guns in order to act as breakthrough tanks. In order to get past these fortified areas, the M6A2E1 project was started, which would mount the turret of heavy tank T-29 on an up-armored heavy tank M6A2 hull. Um, we are going to have some pictures, and some of these pictures will actually be drawings. Um and we'll put that on our Facebook and stuff so you guys can see what we're talking about. Or you can just Google search it yourself. They only made a few of these tanks. We'll get into that. But, okay, so the Allies in the West are thinking the Germans are going to be, you know, hiding behind tons of concrete and machine gun nests and at the Siegfried line and are worried about, about a stalemate um, that may occur. Russ, tell us about the development of the tank. The heavy tank T-29 had started its development during August of 1944 in response to the belief that the U.S. would need heavily armored and armed vehicles to take on fortifications and enemy vehicles that would be encountered in advance into Europe. Uh, However, the heavy tank M-6 was chosen for this role. Instead, as the T-29 was still in early development, it would likely not be adopted and available before the Allies encountered these heavier fortifications. Ordnance, having M6 tanks left over, decided that these could be modified to meet the needs. As such, it was proposed to modify the M6 to mount the T-29 turret and to increase its armor. To do so, the M6 turret ring would be expanded. Okay, so I want to make sure I got this straight. So they had the old M6 heavy frame, the M6 heavy tank but they needed a bigger, stronger turret for a bigger gun. So they looked, and they're like, okay, we've got this T-29 turret that we can cast right now. Sure. We've got the gun, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about the gun too. They're going to put it on the expanded ring of an M6 so they could break through, yeah. use them as breakthrough yeah, tanks. Sure. Okay. Russ, tell us a little bit more about the M6. The M6 was a U.S. heavy tank designed in 1940, mounting a 76mm and a 37mm cannon. It was in trials by 1943, but never put into service. There were three sub-variants of the tank made, these being the M6, the M6A1, and the T1E1. The M6 and M6A1 were similar, only differing in the M6 being cast and the M6A1 welded. The T1E1 was similar to the M6, but had an electrical transmission instead of a torque converter type. It had been proposed to standardize the T1E1 as the M6A2, but this was not accepted. Uh, Despite this, the M6A2 name appeared in a number of drawings and correspondence concerning this particular vehicle. So just from my personal experience, if you start throwing parts together... You may have a total failure. Um, So give us a little about how this failed. To actually increase the armor of the tank, it was decided to remove the driver's vision door along with the whole machine gun and then weld on additional armor to achieve an effective thickness of 7.5 inches or 190.5 millimeters. After this was actually incorporated into the tank, a tentative ordnance committee minute or an OCM, was written on August 14th of 1944 for a total of 15 T1E1 tanks 
to be modified with the five remaining T1E1s being used for spare parts. Uh, this new vehicle was christened the M6A2E1 in the OCM, and delivery was projected for November 15th of 1944. Uh, the Army ground forces, who were encouraged by the idea of the tank and the project from the start, sent a cablegram to General Eisenhower on the matter on August 2nd, 1944. General Eisenhower's reply on the 18th was that the M6A2E1 tanks were not wanted as they were deemed impractical for use. This effectively killed the project, and this may not have been a bad thing as tests with a T1E1 or the M6A2 loaded to the expected weight of 77 tons showed poor climbing abilities, being unable to advance on a slope of more than 40% or 22 degrees inclination. Given there would not have been enough time to change the drive gear reduction, the M6A2E1 would have been limited in what train it could operate on. So General Eisenhower, who later became President Eisenhower, um, basically killed it. But I know they built, you know, two of these tanks at least, you know, at least. So why'd they build them? Well, following this cancellation, it was requested that two should still be finished in order to test the T-29's turret and armament. This request was granted, and three turrets were built by the Continental Foundry and Machine Company. Two of these turrets were then mounted on modified M6A2s and were tested at the Aberdeen Proving Ground in Maryland, with the third turret being sent for ballistic testing at Watertown Arsenal in Massachusetts. The plan for additional armor of the initial designs was never implemented. Okay, so they've got the T-29 turret, and they've put on the big gun, and they got these built. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So basically, they're going to shoot at one of the turrets, try to blow the holes yeah, in it. Yeah. And the other two, they're going to take out to the gun range and fire the cannon. Yeah. yeah. So initially, they, they went ahead and built the three, I guess you would say, for testing purposes. Okay, so they built three turrets, but they only made two tanks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, get, in, get into the stats. Yeah, the actual tank was 11.18 meters long, or 36 foot 8 inches long. It was 3.12 meters wide, or 10 foot 3 inches wide. And the height was about 3.48 meters, or 11 and a half feet high. So, another tank. Another tank that's just taller than yeah, the Lee. And taller than the Lee. Well, the Lee is really going I, down the line. It is. It really is. Well, what kind of weight were we talking about? Yeah, the total weight battle, the total battle ready weight is was sixty nine point eight five tons. Uh, the vehicle had a crew of five. It had a driver, a commander, a gunner, and two loaders. It was propelled by a Wright G two hundred nine cylinder, nine hundred and sixty horsepower at about twenty three hundred RPM. Now nine hundred and sixty. Sounds like a lot of horsepower, but it's really not because this thing's what uh, 36 feet long, yeah, weighs almost 70 tons loaded with ammo, and it's carrying five guys. And like we said, it couldn't go up a 40 degree angle, yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe not enough engine to push that kind of weight. What kind of range did it have? Yeah, it had a range of about 100 miles 
or 160 kilometers on the road. And it had about a maximum speed of 18 miles per hour or 29 kilometers per hour on the road too. So 70 tons of solid steel. Yeah. And, and wasn't designed to move very fast. Right. Okay. Now let's get in the armament because that's what I, I want yeah. to get into. Uh, the main armament on the vehicle was a 105 millimeter gun uh, designated the T5E1. Uh, the secondary armament included a Browning M2HB 50 caliber or 12.7 millimeter machine gun. It had a 30 caliber 7.62 millimeter Browning M1919 machine gun also. And the 50 cal was basically for anti-aircraft. Yeah, anti-aircraft. 30 cal was right next to the barrel of the big gun. Yeah. So what was, what was the gun again? 105 millimeter? 105 millimeter gun. That's a big gun. That's getting up there. That's a little bigger than an 88. Yep. The armor on the tank was anywhere from 1.75 inches or 44 millimeters up to about 9 inches or 228 millimeters thick. So on the sides, about yeah. 2 inches. Yeah. But the, when it's heading towards you know, the Siegfried line, you got nine inches. Nine inches of armor on the front and of that. that yeah, that'll bounce some stuff. Yeah. Uh, so they only made two. They built two for testing. And we keep talking about the testing. How did that go? Yeah, the two M6A2E1s assembled um, were originally sent to the Aberdeen Proving Grounds for testing. This particular testing was to compose of turret design and armament testing. An early fault found with the gun mounting was the use of bronze trunnion bushings. Uh, these were not strong enough and caused excessive trunnion friction with the gun and were quickly switched to needle bearings, which reduced this friction to an acceptable amount. Why would you use bronze? I don't know. That, that'd be interesting to see why they did that. Uh, Unless it was more readily available at the time? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. But... Let's be honest. If yeah. you're, you're you're fighting firing a hundred and seven millimeter gun, and all you got is some bronze uh, bushings, I, okay. So, like I said, they were assembling everything and throwing it in the kitchen sink. I guess. I guess so. Uh, go ahead and go on. In a later firing test, during which some one hundred nineteen rounds were fired, it was found that the hand wheel effort needed on the elevation mechanism gradually increased and eventually it required so much effort the firing was stopped and the unit taken apart to find the fault upon disassembly it was revealed that the trunnion caps due to a design fault had been rubbing against a part of the firing mechanism causing increased friction during firing while testing the gun mount and elevation systems the priority was given to strain readings on the elevation mechanism when the tank was driven cross country to this extent, the elevation mechanism was tested over nine runs at five to ten miles per hour with the tank mounting a muzzle brake and counterweight. During this, the elevation mechanism failed during the second run at ten miles per hour with the tension reading 105,000 pounds. Or 47.6, you know, times. Yeah. So they found out, you know, on these big guns, and I guess this is valuable testing. They're like, sure. hey. And they were testing to come up with, you know, you know improvements for the T-29. And, that they and, and this led on to other things. But, yeah, you know, this is probably the biggest gun at the time that yeah. we put on a tank. And they're firing it, and they're like, oh, wow, 
we're having all sorts of problems with this gun. Okay, so not real good in the test, but the top gun on the tank interests me. Tell me more about the gun. In addition to the constant turret development, the M6A2E1 was also a test bed for the T5 105mm gun and its mounting equipment. The initial gun was based on the T4 105mm AA gun, but had reduced the barrel length and fired one-piece ammunition. However, this ammunition was long, and the gun would have needed to, uh, to have been depressed to allow loading. So they got to lower the gun just to put a round in it. Just to put a round in the bank. Wow. And they had two loaders. Now we know why. As a result, this was changed to the T5E1 gun firing two-piece ammunition. Additionally, it was decided to lengthen the barrel to the same length as the T4 105mm anti-aircraft gun. Uh, during trials, the tank fired T32E1 armor-piercing capped ballistic capped rounds, T29E3 high-velocity armor-piercing rounds, T30E1 high-explosive, and T46 white phosphorus rounds. While these are the only known shells tested with the gun, it could have fired any round for the T5E1 105mm, such as the T13 APC BC, T37 armor piercing ballistic capped, and T182 APBC. The tank also included a 30 caliber coaxial browning machine gun for the gunner and the turret, and on top, there was a flexible and aircraft mounting for a 50 caliber M2. For fire control, the M6A2E1 used the M70E2 sighting telescope. For indirect fire, either the M10 panoramic telescope or the M62 elbow telescope would be used. And for vision, an M10 periscope was to be provided. So the military is wanting to turn an anti-aircraft gun into a tank gun. That sounds... Not like the Tiger 88. I know. Okay. So these engineers are hearing about that the Germans are using anti-aircraft guns on their 88s or their Tigers. So they're like, hey, we've got this 105. Well, it's our anti-aircraft gun. We'll put it on a tank. Was it, doesn't sound like it was a good idea. I know. <laughs> well, they were testing it. <laughs> uh, okay, Russ, what happened to the two tanks? While its design was rejected for use in combat, it was still important to the development of the T-29 tank. Due to the use of existing unused T-1E1s for a hull, they were able to have a tank ready that could test design choices for the upcoming T-29 tank. When the tank was finished with turret design, it would find usage testing out of the T-5 105mm gun, as well as gun mounting aspects with lessons learned from this being implemented in the to the T29 program. So the mutant was actually a great test tank. Yes. So the T29 which is one of my favorites. Oh, I, I agree. Yes. And, and we're going to do a great episode yes. on the T29. Yes. Uh we've actually seen one up close and and just fell in love with it. I know. But yeah, Russ, tell us what happened to the tank. Yeah, the tank's finished testing in 1946. Following this, the first M6A2E1-1 was displayed at Aberdeen Proving Grounds. However, in the 1950s, this tank, along with various other vehicles at Aberdeen, was sent for scrapping. The history of the second M6A2E1 produced is unknown, 
but if it was not scrapped at the conclusion of his testing, it was likely scrapped along with the first one later on. Wow. I know. Uh, It's so sad that they scrapped it. But they're not just talking about those two test tanks. They had tons of stuff. Yeah. That's, again, I know why we are doing this broadcast, to yes. bring awareness of, you know, uh, that we're trying to reach out to the president and we're political leaders and we're trying to get them to give money and get a building and stuff for Rob down at Fort Benning so he can do the armored uh, Calvary Museum yes, and stuff yes. the way he wants to do it. Exactly. And it's not a museum. It's Oh, it's so much more. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's incredible. But here's another deal. You know, they have these two rare tanks that will never be made yeah, again yeah. And with great history. Yeah. And they it had st- so much effect on the upcoming, you know, T29 tank. Yeah. It, and, yeah. and then it just melted them down. Yeah. Uh, that That's sad. You know, even back in the 50s, uh, I know Bovington <laughs> would have taken them. Or us, I enjoyed today's episode. Oh, I agree 100%. It was a great episode today. And and for 25. Awesome. Yeah. 25, 25 episodes. 25 episodes into this. And people, I know it sounds like we're pestering you, and we're really not, but if you got a couple extra bucks that you could throw us a month to help us cover our yeah. cost, uh, yeah. unfortunately, some of our software people, you know, Podbean <laughs> and YouTube and everything has decided to raise the rates uh, yeah. for how we put stuff out so we'd appreciate your help um let's go ahead and do closing as always you can contact us through our email uh, two tankers and cat at gmail.com the other pretty good way to contact us is through facebook we uh, look at that quite a bit and we'll get back with you if you've got any comments or suggestions on facebook um, just go to www.facebook.com our page on there is two tankers and cat podcast you can always just do a search for Two Tankers and Cat Podcast on Facebook, and it should pop right up to our page. And And make sure you give us a like, too. On uh, yeah, definitely. And if you're on our YouTube, definitely gives us a thumbs up or even a thumbs down. Both count. Yeah. But And we've gotten a couple thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you you blew that 712 <laughs> Tiger episode. David's still waiting for us to get uh, over to England so he can punch us in the face. Yeah. But uh, uh, And always remember, you can find us on any platform that podcasts are available on out there if you want to listen to us on apple podcast that's available i was looking and there's a lot of folks that yeah that there, there's one access in, there's one podcast place in thailand that they only do thailand they do thailand and we've got like six or seven downloads there. Wow. over there and i thought well god bless you that's pretty neat <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you guys you know in thailand are listening to us yeah well until next time this is charlie and this is russell Happy tanking and have a great week.